eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? Go. Morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, wolf time. That was awful time. I don't think there's really a nice way to put this time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Saturday night, 2.1 miles away from what was uh, the worst Tennessee football game in quite a long time. I don't think there's any real nice way to put that. Um, just a bad, bad, bad day. Tennessee, uh, despite having more total yardage uh, than Kentucky until the first, final two plays of the game, uh, went down hard, hard to the Cats. Uh, really, 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 really rough game. Uh, and there's a lot to talk about from that. There's a lot to break down from it. It's not just going to be me to do that. Uh, from an undisclosed location, uh, which is more than 2.1 miles away from Neyland Stadium, but uh, not too far away, it's Patrick Brown. Pat, what's up, man? Nothing less. Uh, it's probably good that I'm as far away as I can be from Neyland Stadium after what happened today. Yeah. It, uh, was, it was shades of Georgia State, even down to the other team wearing white and blue. Yeah, there there was I, I mean the final score was was Kentucky 34 Tennessee 7 and, and Tennessee, you know, when Kentucky took the ball in a garbage time possession, Tennessee was outgaining Kentucky by 50 yards from scrimmage. That should tell you that some weird things happened in the game and very very certainly that's what happened. Uh, Tennessee put itself behind 17 to nothing. Uh, with just an absolutely calamitous first half offensively. Uh, two pick sixes thrown by Jared Garantano, who will undoubtedly be uh, a big topic of discussion in this podcast. Um, but it wasn't just him. There, there's more to talk about there. But uh, Tennessee kind of gets behind 17 nothing, rallies there late in the second quarter, gets some momentum, gets a score, you know, gets within 17-7, gets the ball to start the third quarter. Uh, and then, as bad as the offense was in the first half, the, the defense tried hard to be almost that bad at times in the second half, where it finally capitulated a little bit and just never really helped the Vols kind of get anything going. And Tennessee ends up going out with a whimper, 34-7. Just, Pat, I mean, we've talked so often about this being a year where Tennessee would it show that it could take the next step. And by that, we meant forward. To clarify, we meant next step forward. Uh, now, uh, Tennessee is a team that has lost to Kentucky at home for the first time since 1984. There's just not a lot of good that you can say about this, is there? No, there's really not. I mean, if you're if you're reaching for bright spots, your bright spots are... Uh, they got an early start on the Sunday scrimmage yeah. in the fourth quarter. They got to play a lot of young guys, Harrison Bailey included. We saw uh, Tamarian McDonald out there, Bryson Easton, uh, some of those young receivers. Malachi Weidman made a catch. Um, and then Eric Gray was a bright spot. I think he had, what, 128 yards. He ran really hard. Yep. Um, had, what, nine runs in a row for about 60-something yards. Just put his head down. 
uh, got some good yards. But other than that, I mean, it was it was it was abysmal. Um, not only it wasn't only just Tennessee's first loss to Kentucky in Knoxville since 1984, but uh, it was the largest margin of, of of defeat to the Wildcats in 85 years. You got to go back to 1935 um, for a 27-0 win by Kentucky as the previous uh previous largest margin of victory there there was a 56 nothing game in the actual the first game of this robbery when kentucky was known as kentucky a&m back in the 1890s <laughs> um but the, I mean, the fact that we're even bringing this up just i think plums the depths of of just how bad Tennessee was today and um and it was even before the implosion and the meltdown at the quarterback position in the second quarter tennessee squandered two good looking drives um and in the second half it was a, you know, Kentucky was what it was. They had over 200 yards and Tennessee had under a hundred, you know, and it, it was 17, nothing second straight week. You've been shut out in the second half. Um, just hard to find any, any real positives from this game for Tennessee. Yeah. And, and I, I'll say this, you know, once that start went the way it did and that first turnover was not Jared Garantano's fault, by the way, Ty Chandler, uh, who, who hardly ever busts this badly, uh, just completely got the play call wrong and thought it was supposed to be a run when really Garantano was dropping back to pass. And Chandler knocked the ball out of Garantano's hands to keep Tennessee off the scoreboard. Tennessee was driving. It looked like that that drive had a good chance to, to get to the end zone, was in scoring range. And uh, Kentucky's defense was not even lined up properly on the play. Um, if Tennessee just snaps the ball and throws it out to the outside, it's probably going to walk for 10, 12 yards, no problem. Um, and, and yeah, it was it was an RPO, just, and that you gotta you know you gotta communicate that you're gonna throw it out there, um, and whatever you know. And, and Pruitt and I said at the time that it was on the running back, and Pruitt said at the after the game it was on the running back. Bottom line is your senior running back and your fifth or senior quarterback can't make that mistake. It just can't happen. Yeah, and and it was the you know it, it it was sort of that was a bit of a canary in the coal mine there because you you saw. You know that that the, that start did many many things. In addition to just killing any momentum that you might have, that allowed Kentucky to play the kind of game it wanted to play. If you go and you look at the games where Kentucky has success offensively, it's when Terry Wilson is throwing fifteen or fewer passes, but he's completing eighty percent of them because they're running all the time and they're chewing up clock and they're only throwing short passes when you think they're going to run. So that's why his completion percentage is so high. If you jump up on Kentucky and you make Kentucky have to play you from behind, that's not a that's not a very good football team. If Kentucky can get out in front of you, that plays right into the way Kentucky wants to play the game. Tennessee allowed that those mistakes allowed the game to be played the way Kentucky wanted it to be played. And and Tennessee had to learn the hard way that this is not they aren't Tennessee is not your older brother's or your father's Tennessee Volunteers, and Kentucky is not your older brother or your father's Kentucky Wildcats. They're not just going to completely give up. You, they might Kentucky it up toward the end, but they're not just going to give you that much. You have to get to that point. You know, you have to you have to put them in that position where they do what Kentucky usually does toward the end of those games. That they, they couldn't even. It's like they thought they were just going to kind of get a kick-started rally at some point. They were going to make a play here or there, and they would get going. I felt that way up until Kentucky's first scoring drive of the third quarter. That, to me, was when I said – that was the very first time I thought, they're not going to win this game. Was Even even at 17 nothing, I still thought Tennessee was going to win that game because we've seen that movie before. We've read that book before. But when it got to the third quarter, Tennessee squanders that first drive, and then Kentucky scores again. Then, then, uh, then Tennessee does not have a response. Then Tennessee's lack of discipline really showed up. You had some post, you know, you had some some post play penalties, some dumb stuff, just really dumb stuff. And I, at that point, Pat, I said, "This is they just they don't have a chance now. This is this thing's gotten too far away from them." Uh, I was I was out of seventeen nothing because. Uh, you were just so doomed at the quarterback position. I mean, you have, you have two, not only two interceptions, but two pick sixes. Um, and we'll, we'll get to those in a minute. But then you have the other one with JT Shroud, who uh, you know, people wanted to see the backup quarterback. You got to see him. Yep. And it wasn't good. There it is. Um, uh, and that, that, that's, that's alarming for it to be in the third year of your program and, and you're, at this, you're in this situation at the quarterback position. Some of the stuff this season is a little bit unusual. You know, you, you've had some guys that have 
that have not gotten the kind of reps and practices that they normally would have gotten. And, and they're not as ready as maybe they would be otherwise. Um, but, you know, for your top two guys to have three straight possessions where it's interception, 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 I mean, you're just, you're never, you're not going to win. You're not going to win, but you're not going to win any games, um, especially you know, in an SEC only season when you do that. I mean, uh, so Tennessee, the first two games of the season, what, zero turnovers? Yep. They won both those games. You know, first half of Georgia, no turnovers. They're leading 21 17. And then they went those two, four, you know, the second half of Georgia and first half on Saturday, what, seven turnovers? Give away Let's 30 points? It. Yeah. Three defensive touchdowns? I mean, it just boggles the mind that that that, that happened. But um, Tennessee has only themselves to blame. I mean, you, you just can't do what they did and expect to win. Um, and really, you know, once it was 17 nothing, it was a three-score game. Tennessee did have a nice drive um, running the ball, but that wasn't sustainable. That was a false dawn. I mean, it, at some point they were going to have to open up the offense. I think they tried to – uh, you know, they tried to be aggressive there at the end of the first half, right? Called yeah. your timeouts, got the ball back, had over a minute left. Maybe you try to get a field goal, make it 17-10. But the first pass of that of that series, they went empty. Uh, and Garrett Tanner tried to check it down to Eric Gray, and defender got a hand on it. You're like, God, I thought at that point Pruitt would run it, run out, run out the clock, go to halftime, and just, you know, cut your losses at that point. But really, once it was 17 nothing, just where they were at the quarterback position, just the, the shakiness and the lack of trust, um, it's almost like they, you know, it's almost like Jim Cheney doesn't trust his offensive line to protect long enough to push the ball down the field, or they know they're they're going to be thrown into double coverage because teams are rushing four, or rushing three, and, and dropping guys into coverage, um, or you just don't have any confidence in your quarterback to to, to throw those things. Um, and so at, at that point, you were, you know, that I, I to me, I felt it was over at seventeen nothing. It might have been over at fourteen nothing, to be honest, because. Um, just, just to, they're in such bad shape at the quarterback position at the moment that um, it, it's it's kind of hard to believe. Yeah, you know, it, it, if it had been just about any other opponent at seventeen nothing, I would have considered. Well, it, 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 at that point, it was maybe if Kentucky can't win this game in Knoxville, they might never win at Elon Stadium. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, and you talked about, and we're, we're going to have time. I think we're probably going to spend the entire second segment of this discussing everything quarterback related because that's what people want to talk about too. That's clearly an issue. That's clearly something that needs to be addressed. Um, but we're going to save some of that for the second segment because what I wanted to say here, the only thing I couldn't wait to say was I think it was the first play of that drive where Tennessee – started, you know, they forced they, – they call the three timeouts, they forced Kentucky to punt, they get the ball back, and I think they went empty, and Garantano threw it to a guy who was blanketed in double coverage. When you have five receivers running routes, you should never be throwing it to a guy who's got two guys on him. I don't know what he was thinking there. Could have been picked off very easily right there. Just, just not, not smart, and – we're going to talk about the quarterbacks a lot in the second segment very clearly. I think we have to do that. But I want to be clear about this on the front end. Tennessee cannot pass protect anyone right now. And this this was not a fluke in this game. Tennessee, and I think the, the pro football focus guys, I don't know that their guys who do the stat crunching on the college games are quite as just dead on as they are with the pro with the pro guys because there's fewer NFL games. It's easier to do. There's a lot of college football being played. But I think there had been 75 FBS teams who had played at least one game going into this weekend. And I think of those 75 teams, Tennessee was ranked like 69th in pass protection. Uh, Jared Garantano had been getting rid of the ball. People talk about it all the time, how he doesn't get rid of the ball quickly enough. He was like fourth or fifth in the league in terms of time before throw on each of his throws this season. They are not protecting, especially at the tackle positions, they are not protecting worth anything right now they ran block the run blocking was pretty decent against a team that's I think eighth in the country in rushing defense they were pretty good in that area today and and really I think honestly as well as the backs played at times I think they left a ton of yards on the field by not making guys miss on the second level we continue to see that with those guys they're just not there are so many times where it's just one guy and they got you know even if you don't get that a majority of the time you need to get it a few more times than they get it. I think they're leaving yards out there. Um, 
But what I'm trying to say here is, well, just, just, I mean, just add those things to the list, Wes. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. There's so many things going on. It's not just the offense either. I mean, yes, they can't, you know, they can't cover tight ends. They can't uh, defend the middle of the field, which is odd um, for for a Jeremy Pruitt defense. Um, Like I said, the running backs don't make guys miss. Eric Ray does. I think he he's pretty good at making you know making some guys miss. You know, Ty Chandler, I think too many times either misses holes. Runs into his blockers. Doesn't you know? Have, there's one guy there, and, he, and the, the first guy always gets him down. I will. We got to give Chandler credit though. He he did run through two guys at the goal line on his touchdown. Yes, he did. Let's and, give some credit and, there where it's due. And and I, and I think um, as well as as well as Gray played, there were probably a handful of times today where, where he got shoestring tackled. Yeah, I mean he, the turf monster and, got him, or he just completely ran the wrong way. If he had run to daylight, he could have had more yards. I mean, the, the, he played well. I, I'm not I'm not going to take anything away from him. He. He played well. And what I'm trying to say here is they can't protect anyone up front. So Garantano's in Shroud, I guess, when he was in there, they're getting hit too often. Uh, they're, that's not just on the quarterbacks. They are, they are not getting enough time. When Tennessee's down by three or four scores and it still can't push the ball downfield and people are saying, why are you not throwing the ball downfield? It's because they don't have enough time for the receivers to get down there because their tackles well, it, are not and- protecting long enough. And the receivers aren't aren't doing you know they they the receivers have to take some responsibility in this they're not getting True. open True. they're not doing their part um you know what did Josh Palmer have on Saturday one catch yeah he didn't get targeted I mean, a lot, they, they just they don't some of those guys you know uh you know Paul, I think Palmer's a good player but you know Brandon Johnson he kind of is what he is uh, Cedric Tillman. I'm not sure what he's John, given them. Johnson's made a couple of plays the past couple of weeks that have been kind of quietly pretty decent plays, kind of making tough catches, moving the sticks. I mean, you're right. He's not he's not a star, but he's a guy who can make plays for you. And, and that's not to pick on Tillman and some of the other guys, but, you know, at some point they need to start fast-tracking these young guys. There's more athleticism in that group, I think. Um, you need to kind of just throw them out there and let them sink or swim. But uh, they're getting next to nothing from the tight ends right now. Correct. Which you we know, thought, which we thought might be the case going into the year. They, they miss Austin Pope there. They're not getting a lot in the run game from those guys. They are non-existent throwing those guys the football. They don't block well on the perimeter. You know, bubble screen today where Ramel Keaton gets the ball and you know Princeton fan just can't you know misses a block. You know, just this. Uh, it, it's there's a lot of positions and you know some of that is when you have a loss like this, it, it's all out there. You know, there's not going to be any deficiency that doesn't show up and. Um, you know, defensively, Pruitt, saying after the game, they, they don't have anybody dominant up front. They're not a dominant defensive line. Um, you know, they got some some decent plays from the outside linebackers today against the run, but, mm-hmm. you know, not denying the ball on the outside. They're, you know, not making plays on the ball in the secondary. Um, just, you know, so things that we have seen in the first three games are kind of amplified when you have a, a game like this. Um, and, and worst of all, and we – you know, we haven't even gotten to this yet, but you have Jeremy Pruitt out here kind of questioning the effort and, and the dedication and the work ethic of his team. I mean, he, he's saying that, you know, he's calling out Henry Toto for being in the complex till 1 a.m. watching film yep. and wondering, why aren't more guys doing that? He's wondering why, you know, guys on offense aren't hustling to take down a Kentucky linebacker if he intercepts the ball. I mean, uh, you know, which was it, true it, on that but, one. I mean, that's listen. He's the head coach, so it's it's his responsibility. But Pat, you and I both saw it from the press box view on that eighty-five yard pick six. That's a Kentucky inside it was linebacker. Loaf City, Wes. Yeah. It was Loaf City. That, I mean, I mean Garantano, to his credit, tried to get down there and make a play, but, but even he was delayed, and yeah. there was nobody else that really even hustled. It's like know? they were waiting for someone else to do it. And, and you know, for that, you know, that's a good call. It, the way Kentucky's offense was moving in the first half, that might have been a you know, they might you might have got no points out of that if you got them around midfield. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, just that that's something just seemed off, and I don't know if it was off because of the pick sixes. It seemed off beforehand, at least on offense, because you had those two early drives. You got to the thirty, you got to the what the twenty-two, I think. You know, you had two drives in the scoring territory and. At worst, it should have been set, you know, six nothing. Could have been ten nothing. You know, Tennessee, you know, Kentucky didn't really stop Tennessee on those first two drives. Um, just to, you know, Tennessee didn't didn't play some things right there uh, on those two drives, and it just, you know, and it, and it just seemed off from there. I, I, it, something seemed off, and then it was sort of uh, it kind of snowballed from 
in the moment you have two uh, interceptions returned for a touchdown. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to uh, to find right before – it was right when Tennessee went to um, – right when Tennessee was about to take the field. Um, I'm trying to to find this post that I made on the checkerboard during the end of warm-ups. He, yeah, here's where it was. I, this was – this was as Tennessee was walking off the field, and, and when they did the final punt before, like the guy catches the punt, and then they go into the locker room. Eric Gray muffed that punt return when when they were when they were going through that, and, and, and it was not the first little thing that I saw in warmups. And I said, "That's not the worst pregame warmup I've seen from Tennessee, but definitely not the best. Was not very good. Some linemen moving that early in drills. Pretty bad from that angle and that end zone. Yeah, no, I will stand co- on the yeah, drop side. Yeah, and I said I said a couple of linemen moving early in drills, couple balls on the ground from return specialists, drop passes, etc. I'm never totally sure how much some of that stuff matters, though. But it wasn't good." And so, you know, you know, you always wonder with noon kickoffs, you know, how's the warm up at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. going to be? Here, here's what I'm here's what I'm leading into with this question, Pat. Before we go to break, do you think this was Georgia beating Tennessee twice, or was it something else? If you had to say one way or the other, or somewhere in the middle, do you think this was Georgia beating Tennessee twice? No, I don't know that anything. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, Tennessee came out, got a, got a three and out right off the bat. They were pretty active on defense, pretty dominant on defense in the first half. They allowed, mm-hmm. what, four first downs, 75 yards in the first half on defense? I mean, yeah, and it was, was and it was like 60 yards until Kentucky got like a few garbage yards late in the first half. Know, they were moving the ball um, on offense in the first half. You know, even, even the second pick six, that one was, you know, they, they'd take the ball down the field on that one. Yeah. You know they were they were in the process of of having the kind of response that um, that you'd want in that situation. But no, I, I don't know that anything today had anything to do with Georgia. If anything, if you're Tennessee, you should have been you should have been daggum thankful that you didn't have to play Georgia again. You should have yeah. been relieved and fired up that hey, those guys are off the schedule. We're not going to see a team like that again. Maybe yeah. Alabama. Alabama's better offensively. I, I just uh, the jury might be out on the defense. Uh, Ole Miss's quarterback threw what six interceptions against Arkansas on yeah, Saturday. So that Alabama uh, offense is nasty. That, so you know, <laughs> I mean, that Alabama offense is. It may, it may not be a signature Bama defense, but that offense is really, really good. I think if you're trying to make that case that it was this, this had anything to do with Georgia today, it's kind of a cop out. Yeah, because I, I thought going into this, you know, we, we said as soon as we saw this schedule, right? I think a couple of us, because we on our text thread, it's going twenty four seven basically with us texting each other with stuff for work and other things, and me telling y'all I hope the Braves don't win the World Series and all these other fun things that we do. But when you look at this when this schedule came out, I think we all looked at this and said, mm, "This is not the week you want to play Kentucky." It's sandwiched right in between Georgia and Bama. There's a bye week right after Bama. It's just man, that's not the kind of because Kentucky's the kind of team that if you do what you're supposed to do, you're going to beat them. But if you don't do what you're supposed to do, they can beat you. That's what kind of team Kentucky is to me. Kentucky is a team that if you go out there and do what you're supposed to do, you win. If you don't, nah, you put yourself in a tougher spot. But the way that game ended against Georgia, the way that second half went, I just thought Tennessee's not going to come out flat against Kentucky. They're they're going to have some pride. the the way that they the way that that Georgia game ended, kind of playing right there with them, and then getting it handed to you in the second half. You're going to be embarrassed. You know, you're going to want to go out there and play no matter who you're playing. And um, that just did not happen. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it, it starts with. You know, at times we've seen this with Garantano kind of being the human rally killer at times, unfortunately, even though it was Chandler who kind of started the thing. Nothing about that was good. Um, But before we talk about the quarterbacks, I wanted to make sure that we put out there, in all fairness, there were so many other things in that game. Even Paxton Brooks didn't have a very good game punting the ball. He had a couple of just absolute duds. Nothing about that game went the way it should have gone, starting with the coaches on down. Uh, And it wasn't just the quarterbacks, but – Obviously, a lot of it is the quarterbacks, and that's what we're going to talk about a lot here in the second segment. We're going to go step away, pay some bills, listen to some products and services and in-house ads and other fun things, and then we're going to come back and we're going to say or discuss something that I don't know that there's a solution for right now, which is what in the hell does Tennessee do at quarterback now? So let's, let's step away, and then we'll come back and talk about that. Hashtag ad. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products and services and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from an undisclosed location across town. And uh, we are here discussing what was um, the worst Tennessee football game uh, in a while, uh, 34-7. Yes, you heard that correctly, 34-7 loss to Kentucky, Kentucky's first win at Neyland Stadium since 1984 uh, when Ronald Reagan had not yet started his second term as president of the United States. So a long, long time ago. Uh, Pat, we discussed a lot of things in the first segment, not just the quarterbacks, because we wanted to harp on the fact, or at least I did, want, I wanted to harp on the fact that, that it was not just the quarterbacks, you know, but, but a lot of it was the quarterbacks, and that's what we're going to talk about here a lot in the second segment. Before we do that, though, I just want to remind everyone, please go in there and subscribe to this podcast please, please, we ha- we're happy to do this for free. We really are. But the one thing we're going to ask for is if you go in there, hit subscribe, whether you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. And the only thing we ask you to do, only thing, maybe two things. We'd like you to tell your friends too. But the biggest thing you can do to help us is hit that subscribe button, rate and review this podcast. Let us know what you like. Uh, let us know what you think could be better. Uh, just tell us what's up. Tell us, give us a topic that you want us to talk about. Just anything you want. Go in there. Please rate and review this podcast. That helps us grow the Wolf Pack. That helps more people listen to us talk about Tennessee athletics. And Pat, what we're talking about now, obviously, is the quarterbacks. Um, I, I don't know what else can be said about Jared Garantano at this point. He is who he is. He is what he is. But the question going into this season from a lot of us, including very recently, as of, as of a couple of weeks ago, was is this the guy, can Tennessee play well enough for him to be the guy who takes you to the next level? That was the question, and it was a fair question. And I think you still had reasons to believe maybe he could be, maybe. Now that's all out the window. I mean, Pat, when this guy self-destructs, he really, really, really self-destructs. I'm thinking like the scene in the office where Michael goes for the corporate interview. Uh, just just bad. Really, really bad. Um, I don't know what else can be said about it other than he's not the only problem, but he's a hell of a problem. Yeah, Wes, I, I don't... Uh, there's not an easy answer. I know a lot of people... Uh, are over, have been over, uh, are done with him as the quarterback. And um, it, it, th- there's not a clear-cut answer because you don't have a, a clear-cut better option. Um, you might in a few weeks if you give some of these guys some you know, some more reps and um, they sort of catch up in practice. But um, it, it's, it's not the situation you should be in, frankly, in, in a third season with um, – you know, the staff has recruited well a lot of positions. Um, you have to make the case that they haven't recruited well enough at the quarterback position. Now, the caveat is that they just signed Harris Bailey, who was one of the top-ranked pro-style quarterbacks um, 
in the last class. And in a, in a normal circumstance, he enrolled early. He would have gone through spring. Yep. He would have had a full preseason and a full off season. Yep. Uh, at this point, he would be sort of a freshman and a half, if you will, because he would have been here for so long. So, um, but that that's not what happened. You know, he, he was in quarantine for the first week of preseason, uh, missed the first week of practice. You know, when they when they had 40 and 50 guys out for contact tracing, they couldn't give all the quarterbacks reps because they didn't have enough groups to do that. So um, that's sort of, you know, if you want to argue that they haven't recruited well enough to at the position, then you have to you have to point that that caveat out. But even with, you know, even with the transfer market, the way it is with quarterbacks nowadays, you should have a better situation than what Tennessee currently has. I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, You should have either a better option than Jared Garantano, or you should have options that are pushing him. And based on, you know, what we saw very limited in JT Shroud, I mean, it's the same thing that we've seen from him a lot of times. He doesn't even, you know, he can't even send a guy in motion, right? And then makes a throw that I don't have any idea what he saw on that play or what he was thinking that that was a good throw. Um, and just, you know, that that's been his, his Achilles heel is he's just, you know, too mistake prone and, and struggles sometimes to, command the offense and you know we heard some good things about him in the preseason maybe uh, you almost have to say that's all gone out the window now because in a game you know it, it, it wasn't good now you know you can make the case that maybe you should let him you know give him a longer leash let him sort of make some mistakes and learn from him and bounce back but and they may do that moving forward I, I don't know what the answer is here I, I don't know how you can go back to Stuart Garantano at this point I mean, you make the case that he – your argument for keeping him is that he gives you your best chance of winning. He's got, what, six turnovers in the past two games? Yeah. I mean, and not all of those are his fault. You know, some it's not his fault when his offensive linemen are getting beat off the edge. It's not his fault when, you know, the running back's knocking the ball out of his hand. Um, you know, but he, he can't throw the ball the other team. <laughs> and he's done it three times in two games. And – um, that's just, those are just killers for this team. And, uh, you call them a rally killer. It just, it just take it's, you know, it's a momentum play when you have a turnover and you have an interception, but it just, it, it, at this point of his career, it's like, okay, we've seen this before. You're like, Oh, here we go again. Um, and it's just, I, I don't know how you can go back to him at this point. I, I would be opening it up this week if I'm Tennessee. Um, and I would be trying to, uh, use these next three weeks and circle the Arkansas game as, uh, all right, Harrison Bailey, here you go. Let's see what you got. We got to see what you have before Caden Salter gets here, before, um, you know, we'll see what they do in, in 2022. I think Ty Simpson is the probably their main guy, and he was he was at Neal Stadium on Saturday. So, um, you know, but it, it, it's a case of they haven't gotten guys that have been able to push or shown that they can be adequate replacements for Gantano, and that's why Tennessee is – um, is at this point in year three of, of this coaching staff. Yeah, the, the way that, that that I'm thinking about this, and I'm I'm writing a column for tonight about how I'm comparing uh, Garantano to uh, the old lawnmower that I used to have. That you know, I eventually just had to get a new lawnmower because you know I, I was buying a tire, buying a new wheel for it, then buying a new pull cord, then you know doing all these things and trying to sharpen the blades. And at the end of the day, it just wasn't a very you know the lawnmower needed to go. And Pat, you and I both, uh, we, we have dogs. I, I think we, we don't say much about uh, your personal life, but you're comfortable people knowing you have a dog, right? Yes, and it, I have a dog that fits Ron Swanson's definition of a dog. Yes, and, and we have a dog at, the, at our house, and he's a corgi. He weighs about 30 pounds. He, he does not meet Ron Swanson's definition of a dog. But bottom line, uh, you and I are both proud owners of canines. And if you here's what I'm thinking. If you have a puppy and this puppy is chewing up your shoes, you know, that that's, you know, that, what are you going to do, right? He's a puppy. He, he's going to learn, you know, you gotta, you, you can, you can work on it, you know, teach him better, you know, but if you have like a three or four year old dog and it's still chewing on your shoes, um, I'm, I'm asking why, why the hell are you putting your shoes on the floor where he can get to them? Why, if you're Tennessee, and this is the third year of this, and really fourth, you know, with, with him, but but third with his coaching staff. If he continues to play the way that he does in some of these games and make some of these self-destructive plays and 
kills so many rallies and is booed out of the stadium more times than you can count. Why in the third year is he still the only viable option in the coaching staff's mind? Why? And I am have been said, Pat, I've said this several times. I am, I am still, I don't, I don't support is not the right word because that's not our job, but I, I still believe that Jeremy Pruitt can take this program to a better place. I, I, he already has, and I think he and his staff can can do that. I think that they have the ability to do that. I think the way they recruit, I think the way that they develop players at most positions, I, I think you see tangible progress there. Now, will Tennessee win a championship? I, I, I don't know. I mean, that, they're so far away from that. We'll see. But they're they're getting better, and I think th- th- these guys can coach the game. The, you know, But how in a third year, and I know this has been a weird year, but it's been a weird year for everybody, how in your third year is he still the only real option that you feel like you think you have? That that's I don't blame Garantano for being who and what he is. He is who and what he is. I ask why is this still happening and why if this is still happening is, do you still feel like he's the best chance to 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 win you games? Well, first of all, uh, Scout, who's my golden retriever, she has never chewed on shoes. So let's get that out on the record. I want that to be known. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. G- Gus chews on. Uh, he loves he loves sa- slide sandals. So, but to answer your your big question about Gantano, it's it's the four hundred four million dollar question because um, at some point the you you go from questioning the quarterback to questioning the coaching staff that continues to play the quarterback do you not correct it's the it's the only logical thing it, to I do i mean and and we might have already <laughs> we might be already past that point we might have hit that point last season but you know last season to garantano's credit uh he made the most out of what was a tough situation for him a tough situation that he you know for the most part created for himself correct with how he played you know, he stayed the course, came off the bench, took his demotion, stayed ready to, to, to play and play well and help Tennessee win some games last season. But uh, And he played well enough for Tennessee to beat South Carolina and Missouri to open this season, but now he's kind of gone back into uh, the funk. And, you know, how many times can a guy go into the tank and then come back out for you? I mean, um, it just seems like – uh, I, you know, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to get in the call on this rock bottom. But I mean, I don't know how he bounces back. Not only from the interceptions, but it's not like they were going up and down the field in the second half either. Correct. I mean, in the second half, it looked to me like an offense that was playing with one hand tied behind his back. They were terrified. They were terrified. And, and terrified so, to throw the ball downfield. So I mean, um, and, and we've seen it at Tennessee and other places. You know the the guys around the quarterback, whoever it is, need to play better for sure. But we've seen quarterbacks, you know, give teams jolt in the arms. You know, we saw with Josh Dobbs as a freshman. You know, he he gave a little bit of a spark. We saw Brian Maurer last season against Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, he he wound up sort of being overmatched in that game. But in the first half, he was making some plays. He was out there just, you know, kind of just like he was in the backyard, like he was in high school, just making things happen. And um, you know, who's to say if you don't give one of these other guys? Uh, and if you want to play multiple guys, give it a shot. You know, if you give them a week as the starter and a week to you know delve into the game plan, um, you know, see what happens. I, I don't know what you have to lose at this point. I don't know how you can go back to Garantano, just to be frank. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for for the kids' own sake and and for the sake of everyone else in the program. I mean, I know Trey Smith. God bless him. He went out there and he he spoke. I mean, he gave a full throated defense of of Jared Garantano. He came out and said. I have faith in him. I always have. I love Jared Garantano. I, I'll always have Jared Garantano's back. I don't want to hear any slander. I don't want to hear anybody saying anything bad about him. And of course, in my mind, at that point, I'm thinking, Trey, you're a smart guy, but it's not. Don't slander. check the message boards. But but but, but, <laughs> or but Twitter. Well, no, I was going to say, you know, Trey, you're 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 a smart guy, but it's only slander if it's not true, man. Like it, it it's that that's that's the def, that's the definition of it. It can't be slander or libel if it's true and. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how. You put it in a really good way. I don't know how, for anyone's sake, you can keep going back to him. Because I, I think of like you know Jim Cheney and what they did in in the year he and Lane Kiffin were together, and they fixed Jonathan Crompton. And you know what? One of the biggest things was 
And to this day, Cheney will tell you, he told Crompton, you know what? Let's just focus on half the field. I don't even want you worrying about the other half of the field. You know, whatever. People might know that some stuff is coming, but but I think you're an accurate enough passer, and if you're focused enough, um, we're just going to look at half the field at a time, and, and that's going to help things. And it helped a lot of things. They simplified things for him. They got him some confidence. Then they opened it up a little bit. And, you know, you look at the quarterbacks, and I know Cheney's not the quarterback's coach at Tennessee now, but he's the OC. He's a walk-around OC. He doesn't have a position. He helps everybody. This guy has coached so many quarterbacks, and he has helped so many quarterbacks. Look at what happened um, with Jake Fromm, you know, when when Cheney left Georgia. I mean, he didn't have as good of a year. I I, I cannot for the life of me understand how this they're still in this position where they are having to rely so much on Garantano when you know if you expect too much of him and if you put too much on his shoulders, you know what's going to happen. And, and I just... I know it's been a weird offseason. I know that Garantano, the way he played toward the end of last year, for the most part made you think maybe you can manage this. And then you had a weird year with going away, no spring ball, weird workouts. I get it, man. But you know what? Terry Wilson also didn't – you know, he, he didn't he didn't play. He was hurt last year. They didn't have a spring ball. They, they, they didn't – and he's out there at least running the offense and avoiding huge, huge mistakes in some of these games. I, I mean, it's just there's no – there's no excuse for it. They either have to go to a new quarterback or they have to play so much better around Garantano that they can offset some of his limitations. And if you do if you do anything but that, it's just madness, isn't it? Trying to do this again and again and again, expecting something different well, to happen. Well, isn't that the defin- isn't that the definition of insanity, Wes? I mean, yeah. Uh, that's again and, and and me saying that, you know, I would not play Garantano again means he's probably going to come out and have a game of his life against Alabama. <laughs> no, I mean and, you, and you, you does, won't be the uh, only one saying say it. I was wrong, um, but uh, you just—they're just in a tough spot because he still may legitimately be their best chance to win games yep. at this moment. Yep. In a few more weeks, after Harrison Bailey gets more reps, um, maybe that's a different case. And I'm not going to sit here and say Bailey is the savior. I know a lot of Tennessee fans have uh, have a lot of. Uh, are excited about the guy. I think he does have some talent, but he is very, very early in his development. Again, he, he is just from a practice standpoint. There's a reason they're trying. Um, there's a reason they're scrimmaging on during practices on Sunday for some of these younger guys to develop them because they didn't yes. get them because they didn't get those reps in the in the preseason. They didn't get those reps in the spring for some of these guys. So, you know, that they're not doing that just to you know, for fun, they're, they're trying to get these guys to work and get, you know, make up for lost time. He's one of those guys that needs it. Um, and so, you know, if you can get him a few more weeks of reps, maybe he is more ready, but, uh, and the same, you know, can go for Brian Maurer too, because he's a guy that started games last season. He was the backup last season. Uh, I think if, you know, all things were equal, he would, would be a better option than JT Shroud at this point, even with, you know, even if you put him in, it's you're hopping on the Brian Maurer roller coaster because you never know what's going to happen on each play. Oh, but, it's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, you just, I mean, good. so, um, you know, you might just have to live, you know, go with the upside and hope that the downside isn't as, you know, it, you know, kind of doesn't rear its ugly head. But, uh, and he's the guy that, you know, had a hamstring, was slowed a lot, you know, was in quarantine in the preseason. So he, he didn't get a lot of reps either. So he's, you know, he's behind. And so, um, you know, if they had some more guys that were a little bit more ready made, then, uh, then it would be easier to go to the next guy because, and, and for some fans, it's easy to say, just start playing for the future. You can't do that if you're, if you're a head no. coach, because if you tank the season, who knows if you'll be around? I mean, that's not to say that Jeremy Pruitt's going to be. Yeah, and, 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 and economically, financially, right now, no one is in a position really. Maybe some of the richest places are with huge endowments and things like that, but but I don't think Tennessee's in the economic situation right now to even but, think about that. But this isn't, you know, this isn't this isn't professional sports. You're not you're not tanking. You're not playing for the future. You can't really do that. Um, you might do that in some moments, like Tennessee did on Saturday in the fourth quarter when it was. Pretty much every one of the freshman classes out there getting, you know, yes. a handful of debuts were getting handed out um, in the fourth quarter. But uh, you just, you, I think you at this point have to go a different direction just to try something new because, like you said, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I, mean, I think we're past that point of, of it qualifying as insanity. So 
Um, but I, again, that, that's the, that's the conundrum that Tennessee's in because you would think uh, as bad as Garantano has had, you know, has played in stretches in the past, you would think that surely they have somebody who's a better option. Surely they have a quarterback that can come in and do a better job. And it's not clear cut that they do at this point. And again, they might in a few weeks when some of these guys get some more practice reps, you have an open date, all those things, but man, it's just, what's the worst, what's the worst that's going to happen? Three picks in three minutes, two of them being pick sixes. I mean, you make a good point. I mean, that, that that's that, that's you know what what I think, and we're going to wrap this up here in just a second. But but the, the the last thought I have, and and again, we'll have more time to think about this throughout the week, and we'll have a couple more interviews. We'll be able to talk to more people in the program. We'll be able to maybe after this game is absorbed, may, maybe try to see things a little bit differently. But the, the what I'm thinking now, and it's just off the top of my head, is. You know, I don't know where Maurer is health wise. If he's okay, um, then maybe this week. You know, you know, Garantano has a great work ethic. You know, he's going to try to prepare. You know, he's going to try to get, you know get his mind and his body ready. He's been through this before. He doesn't need all those reps probably during a week to to be you know to go out there and do what he maybe normally would do. So what I'm thinking off the top of my head is maybe you go into the Bama game um, and you play Maurer and Shrout and that's your main option, and then if both of them just collapse, but you're still sort of in the game, you go to Garantano. If both of them sort of collapse and the game is over, then you go to Bailey and give him some reps. That, that to me, maybe seems like the most logical way to handle it because that way you know, you can kind of get a feel for where Maurer and Shroud are, and if you're in the game but they're being terrible, then you, you can go to Garantano. Um, and if they're, if they're in the game and they're doing terrible – but and you're getting blown out. Well, then go ahead and get Bailey in there. That's that's maybe spitballing off the top of my head. That's maybe how I would think about next week. And, and maybe it's not Shroud Maurer because it was, it was Bailey that went in third today. So uh, maybe that move is, has already happened. Um, and so I, I maybe, just think maybe Maurer gives maybe, you something athletically that you don't have with the other guys. Maybe, but, but maybe this is the week where you try to get Jimmy Holiday work on his package. Get him a yeah. you know, you know, if you're going to be a run heavy team, at least try to mix it up a little bit. Uh, maybe you maybe you decide to give Bailey, you know, the two reps or, or the one reps. I mean, that's and maybe try to prepare him. You know, I, I, they probably didn't prepare him at all, or very little, probably minimal game plan prep for Kentucky's defense. But there was no one in the program who, even in the back of their mind, at least people that I've spoken with, there is no one who thought. And I wrote this before the game. I mean, I'll, I'll fess up to it. Um, and no, it's not just something I thought; it's something I heard that there was no thought about anything anyone other than Garantano uh, until after the Bama game, unless he got hurt or something weird happened. And then something, well, like, something weird happened today. Game thread, like, would we see Bailey? And it was like, no way. <laughs> but that they reached that point. They found a way to where they got down 27 points because the quarterback play was so bad that they just said, screw it. Let's give him, let's go into Sunday scrimmage mode. And they played. And I don't want to say they emptied the bench, but they were like, who's a freshman who hasn't played? Get on the field. Let's see what you got, and that's why. I mean, that's what they, that's what they should have done. Quite frankly, I mean, I don't know. You know, it's now you wonder how much of this. How will this is the last thing? How how Pruitt will kind of respond to this because he's always been pretty good about. He'll be honest um, to a point when discussing, you know, criticizing players or other people. I mean, he came out today and said that he didn't like a couple of some of Cheney's calls in some situations, but he, he always says at the end of the day, he's the head coach and it falls on him. And he's right about that. But I just wonder now, what do you do? Because now you're in a situation where this team did not mentally prepare itself for something like a three or four game losing streak. That that's not at all what this team's mind, mindset was that, that no one was really thinking something like, like a loss to Kentucky was really going to happen, you know, especially after you win those first two games, that's just not where your head is. I wonder now what they need to do. Is this a uh, pat on the back or a uh, kick in the tail situation? I don't really know. I don't either. <laughs> and that's the kind of insight that you're going to get every day Hashtag from Goldballs twenty four seven. Yeah, I got I, I got nothing else. Pat, is there anything else? Anything from the game you 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 know wanted to mention and I didn't give you a chance to? No, I think we've covered this turd yeah. about as well as we can. 
Yeah, we're not even trying to polish this turd. We're just telling you, hey, look, there's a turd and it smells. Yeah, I didn't use the word polish for a reason <laughs> yeah. there. We're just sitting there discussing the fact that there's a turd in the punch bowl. The discussion, yeah. It's there. It's there. We're not gonna we're not gonna ignore it. So I appreciate it, man. Uh thanks for uh thanks for joining us and uh I guess we'll uh uh probably talk to you here in just a little bit. Maybe the Braves will find a way to rally. Let's hope so, but not hold my breath. <laughs> thanks, Pat. Appreciate it, man. And you know what, guys? Thank you for listening. Got a little heavy with the volume there. Apologies. Just just how it is. It's that kind of a day. It's that kind of a day. Thanks again for joining us. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7. And you can get lots and lots of Tennessee coverage on there. Um, but if you want that delicious East Tennessee Mountain Spring Water, just 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 right from the source right from the source get that at goballs247.com the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to discuss Tennessee football football recruiting basketball hey it's almost basketball season basketball recruiting uh, baseball Lady Vols sports where Maria Cornelius does a great job covering the Lady Vols for us you can go to the checkerboard which is our forum to talk Tennessee stuff with Tennessee fans all the time around the clock there's Tennessee fans all over the world so someone's always up and someone's always talking balls on the checkerboard at Go Balls 24-7 there's also the summit which is the women's sports board and if you get all of that all of that for for the price of less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month all of that all of that for such a reasonable rate go check it out there's no reason not to we'll give you a free trial we'll give you a chance and i think you're gonna stay if you if if you go i think i think if you give us a chance you're gonna see why people don't leave us very often uh, and if you pay us full price for a subscription you get access to cbs all access which is cbs's streaming platform uh, which is all kinds of every show they've ever done, every show CBS has ever done commercial-free, movies every month, new movies, live sports. Uh, you get college football. You get NCAA basketball, March Madness. You get NFL stuff again. You get uh, World Series of Poker stuff. You get UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, World Series of Poker stuff, exclusive podcast stuff, and also stuff from uh, Comedy Central, stuff from BET, MTV, and for the kids, you got stuff from Nickelodeon and Smithsonian. And that's a $100 annual value that we're giving you for free. For free. No one else can do that. We're giving it to you for free if you go and sign up and pay full price for GoBall 24-7. So please, please go do that. We would appreciate you doing that. Also, please subscribe to this podcast rate and review it we appreciate that and if nothing else uh if there's nothing crazy happening which knock on wood this is me knocking on wood uh you'll hear from us on i guess monday afternoon with the talk of bama yeah bama's coming to town good time for that see you